there it goes. Okay. So, um, as as we were reviewing from the last time that we chatted about Sutta number thirty-eight, that the whole of the teaching of the Buddha has to do with this issue that fire has to have a fuel. That you could say that that's the entire show. <laughs> even even with the idea of the, the Four Noble Truths, we can see that, yes, there is dukkha, and there is a cause of dukkha, mm-hmm. that dukkha has a fuel. And if we understand that fuel, then we can rob the fuel from the fire of dukkha and put it out. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, I remarked, so in the Second Noble Truth, we have that the root of suffering is craving. So in terms of Paticca Samuppada, that would imply every time there is dissatisfaction, there is craving. So... Uh, wait a minute. Where, yeah, where, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. Did I say where so? did you hear that this, about the second noble truth that the cause of suffering is craving? Yeah, let me remember... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I got it from the... Uh, no, it just says that suffering has a cause. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, but many people uh, kind of put it like that uh, here in the culture. But what was interesting, because in All the right, Sura... All right, well, let's go to the quick of it. Mm-hmm. What is the cause, then, of the craving? <laughs> yeah, mainly, I think it starts from... Uh, from the Patita Sampa point, it will start from ignorance, I think. Now you've <laughs> yeah. got it, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's the whole connection, is, mm-hmm. is that Mara, uh, the Dukkha, has three daughters. Or the cause mm-hmm. of it are, uh, is these three daughters, and the, and the oldest daughter, the eldest daughter, is <laughs> ignorance. <laughs> Okay, that uh, ignorance, or uh, a better way of saying it, ajiva mm-hmm. can be thought of, the Pali word, is not not knowing. Uh, it was conceit or like delusion. But or... We, knowing not, it's delusional. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the real issue. Because there is such a thing as wise ignorance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Easy example is is that uh, it's dark and we get up to go to the bathroom at night, <laughs> and we have the idea or the thought, oh, I can make it to the bathroom without stubbing my toe. I can make mm-hmm. it safely. Let me go to the bathroom and not only mm-hmm. and not even think about it. But wisdom would say, wait a minute. I may not know the way to the bathroom. I'm ignorant of the way to the bathroom. Let's turn on the light so that I can see. Okay, that's a a very clear example then of the distinction between ignorance and delusion. Mm -hmm. Delusion is ignorant ignorance, and there is such a thing as wise ignorance of knowing what we don't know. Uh, and and that's very important because when we are ignorant wisely, then we can find a solution. 
Mm-hmm. But if we are delusional, we think we already know the answer, and therefore we're not getting mm-hmm. right to this, to the solution. That's in fact one of the primary issues within the the larger lay community of Buddhism here in Thailand and in the West, and that is the delusion that there is rebirth. The delusion that there is a kind of fire that does not require a fuel. And because of that and the belief in that, then they go into, well, let's just make merit because it's too much (laughs) trouble to stop feeling bad right now. I'm going to postpone it and practice a little bit of generosity, hoping that that's going to get me into a better situation where I can practice. This is the mentality that they have. In other words, the mentality of now is not good enough, later <laughs> will be better. <laughs> and in fact, that's delusional, you see, because we don't know what the future is going to be. Yeah, indeed. Then in fact, what the Buddha says, in fact, to look forward to as far as dukkha goes is... Old age, sickness, and death. That's what you can look forward to. That's what's going to happen. That's what I wanted to say. Even if rebirth would be factually true as people think about it, even then uh, the Buddha spoke about it and the, uh, the rebirths are not satisfying. So you're, you, you're subject to the same conditionings and determinations as you're now, maybe at a different level. So it's it's still not worth it, even. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Almost as if it's like the child who wants to a do-over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it, it would, if it would be a do-over, you kind of get everything wiped away, so you don't uh, get to kind of keep anything from the one <laughs> from the previous try. So it's <laughs> you're kind of blind in the dark again. <laughs> Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's why um, delusion is such a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And if you take that delusion down into Paticca Samuppada, the delusion then is is that it is okay for me to follow my feelings (laughs) blindly. In other words, the blind following of the feeling is if I like it, then I would naturally lead to I want it, and the natural leading from I want it into I've got to have it, mm-hmm. which is finally the the actual grasping and uh, grasping hold of and clinging. We can think of grasping as two kinds. One is the part that actually grasps it and clinging, and the other one is like the grasping at it or the no, Okay. Okay. But in, in any case, that's the creation of the self that wants mm-hmm. it because we're following our feelings ignorantly, mm-hmm. okay, or actually delusionally <laughs> in, this, in the sense of, okay, so part of the delusion then would be that, oh, I like that thing. It's so nice. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I will be better off with it, which means I'm not good enough without it. That's the delusion, right? Right there. 
Because the answer is, is that you're okay without that. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> and so this is how delusion keeps going every step of the way within mm -hmm. there. And um, it, it follows right along. The question is, when are we going to wake up? <laughs> right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that right now, like in the middle of an argument, you know, when we're in an argument with somebody, we are already um, in that delusional state. And when we wake up, that's better, like that the husband and wife are yakking at each mm -hmm. other and then the husband leaves and slams the door. He wants out of there. That's a waking mm -hmm. up. If he doesn't eventually wake up, there's going to be violence or somebody mm -hmm. buried in the backyard. That's how far it'll go mm -hmm. if we don't wake up someplace mm -hmm. along the way to put a stop to this, right? And you could also see that the longer it goes, the more dangerous mm -hmm. it gets. Which means now that the quicker that we can pick up on things, the better off we're going to be. Wisdom. We mm -hmm. want to be able to back that wisdom up, <laughs> pass that clinging up to the mm -hmm. point of feelings or Vedana, and then the resting point that Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa talks about is Pasa. And he says uh, it in context, the sense of, okay. right, wisdom at the point of contact. Mm -hmm. When something contacts us, we're wise enough to know that this feeling is a liking feeling, a not liking feeling, or a confused mm -hmm. feeling. That point in that Patita Samupada is actually referenced in Sutta Dinga Nikaya number 15. I just talked to uh, Izu All about right. it hmm. this morning, that he is asking about that sutta. And that's okay. where Buddha Dasa gets that idea hmm. that that's the resting point is when things contact us. All right, let me jot this down. I'll have a look at it later. Uh-huh. And in a way, that's almost like saying <clears throat> that the contact, that when, when we realize something of the salayatana or um, anything, and one example would be as a big thing is the child walks out on the stage to see all his moms and dads and uncles in the whole town as they're looking at him. <laughs> and we come into what we would call stage fright. Mm -hmm. The fact is, is that all those people are there are his friends and he can't, he can't see them <laughs> that way. He, he sees them as critical and judging and, and all of that. <laughs> so, that's what he made of that scene, right? That was his salayatana. Mm -hmm. If he was mindful at that point mm -hmm. of contact, he would have been able to manage that. So now take it to the same kid mm -hmm. now has grown up into being a rock star. And he's <laughs> walked out on stage many, many times before. And when so when that walking out on the stage, maybe he even remembers the first time as stage fright, but he gets over it immediately. He, mm -hmm. he managed it. That, those feelings do not take on mm -hmm. the path that they took with the intensity 
of I like it, I want it, I don't like it, I don't want it, or this confused feeling of what the hell am I going to do with all these people? <laughs> and so this is a really major kind of um, teaching that the Buddha has is built into that one phrase of fire must have a fuel. And that we put that right to use at this point in Paticca Samuppada is to not give these feelings the fuel or the fire of that contact. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that okay. when things contact us, oftentimes it's not just a nudge, it's a shove. <laughs> it's not just a brush, it's a punch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Vedana that comes built into it can be very strong or very light. And you, mm -hmm. there's no control. It just comes with what it comes. Right. And the intensity of that impact then um, will, will be then the intensity of the feeling and therefore the intensity of the grabbing and therefore even the intensity of the hell is all, <laughs> you know, based in, in that order that we go in. And, and so mindfulness at that point of contact, so that when things contact us big, we know it immediately, <laughs> so that we can handle that situation. So sometimes we'll get into a situation where we don't handle it well. In fact, that happened to me on December the 17th. Uh, this uh, this, this last year. Past year, right? I remember it well. Here was the situation: is is that um, we had time finishing the visa when we were on mm -hmm. the <clears throat> Koh Samui, the other island, and and went to lunch. And Tam and Kitty took a long time in the shopping, and we still had to buy the battery before we got to the boat. And yeah, okay. Tam already <laughs> had the boat tickets, right? <clears throat> Putting pressure. <laughs> we found the battery shop. We were in the process of buying the battery, getting on the cell phone with the guy from this island who knew the battery that we needed. Ken didn't have it all written down. We're doing everything on tie time. While my American clock is running, we've got to make it to the, uh, to the boat. Right? <laughs> and so then the battery is picked up, and this guy is trying to get down through the aisle to take it to the front, and there's Kitty kind of playing eight-year-old, dancing around, yeah. not looking where she's going, and this guy can't get behind her. And so I grab her by the arm and pull her out of the way. That was because I didn't have mindfulness at mm -hmm. that point of contact. I was in a position of, I'm in a hurry. Mm -hmm. uh, my old favorite. I mean, that's my biggest one. A little bit of anxiety coming back there. Okay. Well, guess what? We pulled into the yard just watching the ferry boat's gate go up. We missed it within an, within one minute. Oh. And there we had to that's sit annoying. for three hours with nothing to do. But I was fine. I got over it. I was finished with that. You know? <laughs> Never mind that we've got to wait three three hours. Never mind that it costs us an extra thirty dollars. 
that I was wrong to grab Kitty by the arm mm-hmm. to pull her out of the way. Mm-hmm. I could have just said, you know, turned it on with wisdom and says, Kitty, please move mm-hmm. or turn around. We're trying to get by. All right. No wisdom. Mm-hmm. Not at that point of contact. <laughs> I lost at that moment. <laughs> so that's, but this is the whole teaching of Patichu Samapada. And when we get down to where we do that once a year or so, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite a place to be. <laughs> so, um, that's that's what I mean by how things impact us. Mm-hmm. And the stronger the impact, then the stronger our reaction. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've been also thinking about, uh, besides um, kind of interrupting the chain of automatic reactions and not going into this unskillful behavior, uh, there could be an, not another advantage or use of uh, another insight to Paticca Samupada in seeing that everything has conditions or is dependent on something else. And you can kind of get rid of yourself of uh, this delusion of, oh, this is occurring to me. Uh, so uh, because this occurs to me, then that means there is a me that needs to be protected. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> in the case of what I was talking about, there's a me that's in a hurry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if there's no hurry, there's no me there. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> and you can, if you sit long enough in this mode or seeing these relationships, you can kind of get it out of your system a bit or the, the idea of it doesn't occur to you as much or you don't act from those assumptions as much anymore. Exactly so. Exactly. It becomes a new frame. A, a new, a, not only a new frame, but a new set of ways of doing mm-hmm. things based upon habits, that we change our habit patterns. Mm-hmm. New neurons, new circuitry is formed in the brain. And the old ones kind of dwindle <laughs> out because they're not useful anymore. Mm-hmm. Dangerous, in fact. <laughs> So uh, that that particular way that we've been talking about it today is built right in there to the sutras, but it's kind of hard to understand because um, people get, I think, involved too much with the idea of the sequence of events of a teacher's mm-hmm. no. and and mm-hmm. and what it what it all means and everything, mm-hmm. but basically. The easy way of looking at it is, is that it's like if the candle is on the rug and sets fire to the rug and the rug mm-hmm. gets sets fire to the curtains and the curtains set fire to this, it's just <laughs> one fire after another. Mm-hmm. One fuel is available and so one fire sets the next fire which sets the next fire and the fire spreads to the whole place burns down and that's mm-hmm. the dukkha. Is when <laughs> we burn the place down one little fire after another. But if mm-hmm. we have wisdom, we can stop that fire mm-hmm. at any in any place that we can wake up to it. Mm-hmm. 
Also, I think some relationships are not necessarily temporal, so they not not necessarily imply a sequence, but they can kind of imply simultaneity or uh, when you feel this, this might be in the background or a background foreground thing or just a, a normal relationship, not necessarily this is after that or going one after the other. It can mean that, but it's not, uh, doesn't always has to mean that. That's at least my impression of it. Well, yes, actually, I think that's why uh, the Buddha would tell Ananda that it's profound and subtle, mm -hmm. is because we want it cut and dried. This actually causes that and nothing mm -hmm. else. <laughs> and this actually causes that and nothing else. <laughs> so where we do have the concept of a catalyst. Mm -hmm. A catalyst is something that these two things together won't interact, but with the catalyst there, they do interact. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember. I think uh, the, a good translation for it would be with this. This is not necessarily. Oh, this causes this, but these things are related. They always go together, but doesn't mean that this causes this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. With this, there is that. Without mm -hmm. this, there is not that. Mm -hmm. And then he actually makes the statement that um, if you take the fuel away the fire is likely to go out. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? It means, well, no, maybe it can find another fuel. Maybe <laughs> the fuel that you removed was not sufficient to get all the fuel uh, mm -hmm. removed. Once an electrical fire starts, turning the power off is <laughs> not going not gonna to stop the fire. <laughs> And so um, that's that's the way that we have to look at it mm -hmm. is, is that, yeah, it's got that that complexity to it. Mm -hmm. At one time, I remember sitting down with a student while we were here and starting to draw all of the little circles <laughs> or lines around it, especially in the sense that uh, the Sankara seems to be the loop factor because we bring stuff out of the past to flavor mm -hmm. the future. Okay. And then now that the present moment now becomes the past, which <laughs> we now use to flavor a future now. <laughs> and so in that regard, it's kind of got a, a cycle to it because mm -hmm. we keep recycling all our old bad feelings. <laughs> and also, I think so uh, in certain designations of the Paticca Samuppada explanations, uh, it goes down to name and form, so it says consci consciousness or vinyana, I think, is dependent on name and form. And then name and form is dependent on consciousness or vinyana, so there's just a loop between them, kind of pointing that the bodily aspect is dependent on the mental aspect and the reverse, and they... Right. Now, no one is, is the first, so... There is a clue to this uh, in Sutta number nine, uh, and by the way, the interesting thing that's, that's very curious about that sutta is the name of it is uh, Samaditi. Okay, it means uh, right view. Right view, okay. exactly. And guess what? It's an exposition on Paticca Samuppada. <laughs> Except that it's only done in one direction, and that okay. is forward order. Mm -hmm. In the sense that this is the result, what what was the conditioning factors to bring this about? 
-hmm. and then you go down to the next one all uh, in reverse order. When it gets down to Sankara, this is where it gets very interesting because it makes a distinction between bodily Sankara, okay. verbal Sankara, uh -huh. and emotional Sankara. Mm -hmm. Except that the emotional Sankara here is using the word chitta, chitta. Mm -hmm. and that in the Pali, because Bhikkhu Buddhadasa had talked about this before, in the Pali translation into the Thai language, Robert looked it up, and the Thai translation translates chitta here as um, jai, so jaya sankara, mm -hmm. which means the heart or the emotional base. Mm -hmm. That the word chitta actually is not the same as the frontal cortex, which is the mana, okay, mm -hmm. or manut, or human the man part of the brain, as opposed to the chitta, uh, which is the uh, more emotional part of the mm -hmm. brain, and also distinct from the verbal part of the brain. Mm -hmm. or the verbal uh, sankara is all of our language skills mm -hmm. and concepts and rites and rules and rituals. <laughs> this is, in, in fact, is the verbal sankara is where we store all of the sankaras of um, attachments to the way things should be, our rites, our rules, our rituals, our laws, our mm -hmm. internal uh, clock, as it were, is stored there in, in that part of the sankara. All three of these sankaras will come into play in that point of time of the namarupa. That mm -hmm. process of taking the outside, the mm -hmm. rupa, the reality, and naming it. Okay? So just the little action of, I see the tree, is that process of taking the actual image of what I'm seeing, comparing it with all the other things in there, and coming up with the concept mm -hmm. tree, and the word tree and mm -hmm. the verbal sankara of tree, <laughs> okay? Now, if my pappy was, uh, was hung under that tree, <laughs> then I might have a different uh, um, view of it because of my old sankara. So every time mm -hmm. I see that tree, I think I'm gonna cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can see how that namarupa process gets polluted with past knowledge, and that past knowledge, that pollution, is then the sankara. Mm -hmm. When we see it that way, then we can say that, wait a minute, that means that in the process here of the nama rupa, it has two pathways. One is mm -hmm. through the, uh, the consciousness, the vinya, and the mm -hmm. other pathway is through the sankara, and it's the combination of these two things that is processed, mm -hmm. giving the salayatana. Mm -hmm. But that's not clearly ever spelled out anywhere. That's a connection that we have to understand mm -hmm. that there's, uh, uh, that Sankara has a, um, a direct effect upon the um, Nama Rupa. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, that, so, uh, 
from my take on it, uh, I think that the Buddha was talking about our experience. I don't think he was talking about maybe what's behind this, this experience that we're having. And I think Nama Rupa here might be referring to the Rupa in, inside the Salyatana. So what I, when I look at the tree, I see the tree, I just see my Salyatana. It's not actually mm -hmm. what's behind it. So what is Rupa for me is actually still Salyatana, <laughs> the form of a tree. It's still inside my internal bases. So I can't really Ex step out of those. Exactly. What you have done or manufactured, when I say the word mm -hmm. tree, you've taken mm -hmm. a tree and created one inside your mind from old trees you've seen before. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't, I can't even conceptualize what a real tree, the real form of a tree would mean, or if it's anything conceivable for me. I'm kind I think of stuck you'd have within to be this. a tree hugger. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important point to understand, mm -hmm. that we do not live very well in the real world. We live in a world that we have processed. Mm -hmm. That when we realize something, we don't actually realize it. That mm -hmm. what we do is we mentalize it or conceptualize it. Or even possibly the word that really points at it is, is that we recognize it. Mm -hmm. We recognize it. <laughs> All right. And, and so that recognition then is very important to the humans. We want to be able to recognize things because if we recognize it, then we'll know whether we like it or not. <laughs> okay? And we don't like that when we, re when we cognize something that we don't recognize it. That's when confusion comes <laughs> in. And there's always something new coming by. <laughs> and so we have to find a way of processing it and so this is why people will get lost in processing is because they don't like the outcome of the feelings of being confused. And so they try to work it out. Hmm. Even that can be done mindfully. Or it can be done with a lot of furious, bad feelings and <laughs> sloppy behavior and Because we're in a hurry to get it finished. We want to get it done as, as opposed to enjoying the process of figuring out what's going on here. <laughs> so uh, these three feelings that come up um, are impacted based upon uh, the amount of contact that this Salyatana has on us, mm -hmm. as we were talking about before. And so the, the amount then of pasa or the, the, the weight of the contact needs also to have the same weight of sati mm -hmm. so that we can really wake up to it. This is in fact what that first noble knowledge is all about, is do we have the trust that I can in fact wake up Mm -hmm. No matter how hard something <laughs> impacts me or how often it keeps punching at me, <laughs> I can deflect the blows. That's that's such a milestone to actually have the confidence. Hey, I can handle this. This is not going to overwhelm me. <laughs> but I have I, I have and can 
have wisdom at the point of contact. <laughs> I think that was so. Uh... Uh, that was in 48, I think, to the Kasambis, or uh, maybe I'll yes. have a look at that in the following. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. That one That one is exactly right. I congratulate you for remembering <laughs> that. Yeah, the Kasambia Sutra. Okay. Number 48 is where I'm referencing now. Mm -hmm. Is that first knowledge? Mm -hmm. And as he's talking about knowledge of using the word obstructions, but here, obviously, mm -hmm. he's talking about the five hindrances. Mm -hmm. But they just use a different word in the Pali, and so the translator translates the word into obstructions. But it's good to go actually by the book to see that he actually lists out the five hindrances there mm -hmm. in the okay. paragraph, so that we know precisely uh -huh. right. that this word obstructions, because the word obstructions is used elsewhere that makes things okay. really confusing. This, by the way, is an important uh, thing about that. Here's the sutta. Right. It's, num it's number 22, the snake sutta, mm -hmm. simile of the snake, which also mm -hmm. has a simile of the raft. But here... Um, it's the one with picking up the snake by the head or the mistaking the snake yes, for the rope? Yeah, okay. exactly. That's the simile of the snake. But the beginning of the sutta is about, uh, I forget the guy's name, but it, he is actually the son of a vulture catcher. Okay. <laughs> okay, the, the guys who worked with vultures in the old days, and they still do that in uh, around uh, Parsi and, and whatnot. Um, so, long story there. We'll not, get, <laughs> we'll not get into vultures. Let's go for the fact that it's actually a low-class animal. Mm -hmm. And is known for it, just like mm -hmm. in 38, Sati's son of a fisherman, fishy mm -hmm. stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. here the guy is son of a vulture catcher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting, huh? <laughs> okay, and, and here is what is said is, is that his position, unlike Sati's, was the position that what the Buddha considers obstructions, uh. I consider not obstructions. And so that's how that sutta starts. Yeah. Now, we have to understand here that we've got a very strong frame of reference. Mm -hmm. That what we're talking about is the hindrances, mm -hmm. which is actually then the cause of suffering. And so this guy, by saying that what the Buddha thinks is obstructions or not obstructions, uh, is the entire core of the teachings of the Buddha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> If we understand it that way, but in the West, when they just take about the instruction, they think about, oh, anything. And an example of that would be, well, what about using drugs? I've heard that drugs are great with meditation. <laughs> and, and what about marijuana? And why would that be an obstruction and all of that? Okay. Or there's many different other things like, well, what's wrong with going to a movie? You know, and we see those things as obstructions because we've heard about the precepts and, and that. And so they look at these obstructions as if they were part of the precepts. <laughs> Where, in fact, we're actually talking about, no, we're talking about something deeper than that. We're talking about the hindrances, which are the unwholesome thoughts that keep coming to mind. Mm -hmm. 
And then, in fact, there may be some unwholesome thoughts along in that. They got you into the Hoochie Coochie show. (laughs) 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 Which you're thinking is the obstruction. No, the Hoochie Coochie show is not the obstruction. (laughs) (laughs) The obstruction was thinking about the Hoochie Coochie show (laughs) before you went. And and so uh, this is the point that we understand about that word obstruction uh, that is actually used in reference to uh, the five hindrances, mm-hmm. and that when the mind is free from that those five hindrances, then naturally the thoughts are going to be wholesome thoughts mm-hmm. that are conductive to noble views, noble behavior, and a uh, high noble attitude. Of being successful. <laughs> so it's really interesting how all of these things, when you just, you know, kind of look at a, a particular concept here and there, that they're spread right through the suttas. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of have to read more and uh, kind of piece them together. Right. So uh, Achan Po was fond of saying. Uh, that sutta, and I'm I'm not sure where it's actually from, um, but that the teaching of the Buddha is like whole cloth. Okay. It doesn't have any gaps or mm-hmm. rips or mm-hmm. worn spots. That it is smooth and complete throughout, with uh, every wolf and and uh, uh, line correct. Uh-huh. Okay. And that's exactly right. The more I go into the teachings of the Buddha, I recognize it as spot on. There is not a hole anywhere in there. There's not, yeah, a, gap, of... not a gap any, anywhere that it all fits completely together and packages right down into a very tight little ball that can be phrased into just one or two cent of uh, words. Dukkha, Dukkha, Naroda. <laughs> The whole thing. I like the word, uh, don't worry, be happy. I mean, <laughs> that's so, so liberating is to be able to recognize when you're worried and stop it. Because worry, in fact, is that confused mind that is sitting in that perception, uh, salayatana, uh, uh, contact feeling loop. That gets into a loop mm-hmm. of not being satisfied. And so we just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and <laughs> thinking about it. In some cases, we can write an email 20 times before we actually send it. <laughs> and so um, there is that looping quality where we get caught out of that but eventually what we will get uh doing is when the sati gets really fast then we can back it up further from that point of contact right down into operating with the level of perception and consciousness Mm -hmm. and the way that that would be done is with the concept of not taking anything as an object mm-hmm. to process. So like with the eyes, we just keep kind of gazing rather than looking at. 
Mm-hmm. Imagine that the, uh, uh, the farmer is on, uh, way out in the middle of the field and he uh, looks up and he gazes at the forest that's, that's out in the distance there. Mm-hmm. If he looks at something, then he will miss what's over here. But if he just gazes, then anything that moves will catch his eye. Mm-hmm. Right. This is one of the things about warfare is, is that they want to often cause a scene so that we can get all the army distracted <laughs> to it so that they could go do all of this over there. Right. Okay. So you can think of then is, is that our perception making sense of things actually is a distraction from taking in input. Mm-hmm. So that we could take in a whole lot more input. Mm. And because we take in more input, we get in tune with the greaterness of it all. Becoming Mm. at one with everything means that we stop taking anything individually as an object of perception. Mm. Right. And I was also thinking about even if you're outside this mode, so let's say the perceptions of objects just pop up to you, they just appear to you. Even then, like trying to have a recognition, okay, this is not the actual object. This is just my construction within the salyat and I might My construction of it, it right. And mm-hmm. then we can begin to understand that we're actually in there constructing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might slow it down automatically, I think. Absolutely, which means that, yeah, if we spend most of our time in perception, then we're not spending much time in um, consciousness. We're not seeing, we're trying to figure out what we're looking at. <laughs> and the answer is usually is nothing. <laughs> and the answer is hey, nothing much. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we make something out of it. <laughs> but that's exactly what we're doing. That is the mm-hmm. salyatana, is mm-hmm. making something out of it. Think about that. And after we make something out of it, we beat ourselves up with that which we made something of. We made something up, and that's what we then is uh, contacting us. That's what hits us, is what we've made of it, not what it really is. What it is, is nothing much. (laughs) 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 And so when we can operate down at that level, uh, in particular Samapada, down at level of the connection between level three and level four, or between the Vinaya and the Nama Rupa, then that means that Nama Rupa doesn't really have much to do anymore because we're not taking an object mm-hmm. to be processed. That we kind of, in a way, move around really quickly. Not, not stop and, and uh, um, focus on anything. Mm-hmm. Keeping it very open. This is, in fact, the story of the Zen stick. Who is the Zen master going to hit with the Zen stick? 
Is the guy who's tightly concentrated in his meditation? No, he's the one who's going to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> who's the guy not going to get hit? The guy who's awake and aware knows that the uh, guy just came into the room, that he's he's awake. And so if he hears any sound at all, he'll um, he'll know it. And he'll set up just a little bit. <laughs> so this is how it uh, um, it works. Is um, uh, We're looking for a meditation that wakes us up to the reality to the point that we stop fixating on anything and mm-hmm. begin to take a, a lot of stuff in. But the important mm-hmm. point for training the mind is this point of contact. That once something contacts you, be there before mm-hmm. feeling to, so that you'll know how to manage the feeling. But you see how this stuff happens within a split second. We're talking about things that happen less than a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually when it's very intense. But yeah, you can start working with the slower stuff. Well, that's why we want to go into seclusion, is so we can mm-hmm. sit down and, and slow this stuff down and take a really <laughs> close, close look at it, which is actually nothing but developing the skill of sati to quicken up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're just practicing a bit without all the pressure. <laughs> Yes, without having the high stakes. <laughs> right, right. Like children, even even lion cubs, they play. <laughs> but in their play, they're learning how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> and so we need to get off into seclusion so we can learn to play with this stuff in the mind so that we can develop the skills that we need <laughs> so that sati is going to be there in a hurry when things <laughs> impact us. And then later in our practice is when anything impacts even uh, the, the perception process that we're just going to stay completely open without even trying to make sense out of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I was looking at the clock. I think we still have about I, three or four minutes or even one. <laughs> yeah, I think that we're, we're, we're about finished now with this. So review of this is actually quite useful i think i hope so it's been it's been quite great for me as well seeing you again and talking about this all right well i'll let you go and you can get on to your uh, 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 meeting that you've got to do and uh, i hope to see you soon <laughs> yeah well, i'll call sooner <laughs> okay well, we'll see you <laughs> thanks again see ya <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay.